0: This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that gives a quick look at something that happened a long time ago today. I'm Gabe Bluzier, and in this episode, we're looking at the day when a breakthrough in radio science helped protect one of the most famous landmarks in the world. The day was January 12, 1908. French radio pioneer Gustave Ferrier transmitted the first long-distance message ever sent from the Eiffel Tower. The successful transmission convinced the French army of the utility of radio communications and ensured that the Eiffel Tower would not be torn down as originally intended. Today, it's hard to imagine the Paris skyline without the iconic Eiffel Tower, but it was never intended to be a permanent addition. In 1889, Paris hosted the World's Fair, also known as the Exposition Universelle, as a way to mark the 100th anniversary of the French Revolution. The city wanted an eye-catching structure to mark the entrance to the fair on the Champs-Dumas, a public green space in the middle of Paris. High-profile artists from across the country submitted proposals, but in the end, the city chose Gustave Ethel's 300-meter-high tower. Ethel received a 20-year lease on the land, meaning that full ownership of the lot and the tower would revert to the city of Paris on January 1, 1910. The artist hated the idea that his masterpiece would be demolished due to a perceived lack of utility, so from very early on he started looking for a practical function that his tower could serve beyond providing spectacle. Ethel turned his attention to scientific research, believing that if his tower served as the site of scientific breakthroughs, no one would dare to tear it down. At first, Eiffel didn't commit the tower to just one branch of study, declaring that, quote, it will be an observatory and a laboratory such as science has never had at its disposal. Throughout the 1890s, the Eiffel Tower served as the test site for weather research, powered flight, and eventually radio communications. There were successes in all of these areas, but it was the emerging field of radio technology that ultimately saved the Eiffel Tower. In late 1898, Gustav Eiffel invited inventor Eugène Ducreté to conduct experiments from the tower's third floor. On November 5th of that year, Ducreté succeeded in establishing the first radio contact in Morse code between the FL Tower and the historic Pantheon, about four kilometers, or two and a half miles, away. At the time, the primary way to communicate over long distances was by using a telegraph to send a message across an electric wire. Ducretet's experiments made him the first person in France to send a telegraph message not with wires, but with radio waves instead. Following his success, a permanent transmitting station was installed on the tower, and a year later, it enabled the first radio transmissions between Paris and London. By 1903, Gustave Eiffel was still concerned that his tower might be knocked down, so he decided to make a play for the French military. He invited army officials to conduct their own experiments on radio communications at the tower, and to sweeten the deal, Eiffel even paid the Army's expenses. By that point, military authorities were intrigued by the potential of budding radio technology, and with Eiffel footing the bill, they couldn't pass up the chance to see what it could really do. Captain Gustave Ferrier, of the Army Engineering Corps, was tasked with conducting the research on the Army's behalf. Ferrier was a graduate of the prestigious Polytechnic School in France and since 1897, he had served as the head of the newly formed Military Telegraphy School, where he was considered an expert on telegraph communications. Ferrier carried out his work from a wooden shack at the foot of the tower's southern pillar. From there, he and a small team of specialists began making radio contact with various forts around Paris. Within a year, Ferrier had established communication with eastern forts as far as 400 kilometers, or 250 miles, away. The next milestone was making contact with a naval base all the way in Tunisia, but the team didn't stop there and continued working to extend their range over the course of several years. Finally, on January 12, 1908, Ferrier achieved true long-distance communication, by transmitting a radio message to a military installation 6,000 kilometers, or 3,700 miles, away. Before the year was out, the Eiffel Tower was broadcasting wireless telegraph signals to ships and forts as far away as Berlin, Germany, Casablanca, Morocco, and even North America. This breakthrough was more than enough to convince the French army of the importance of radio communications in modern warfare. The military established a permanent radio station at the tower in 1909, and in 1910, Gustave Eiffel got his wish when the city of Paris renewed the structure's permit for an additional 70 years. The Eiffel Tower had been saved. From then on, the tower continued to serve as a transmitter and receiver for radio transmissions. In fact, many German messages were intercepted by the tower's antenna stand during the First World War. This allowed the French army to thwart several key German attacks and even led to the arrest of Mata Hari, the Dutch exotic dancer turned notorious spy. With the tower's strategic importance well demonstrated, Its broadcasting abilities were then open to public use. In 1921, the tower's radio station began transmitting the first music programs in France, and in 1935, a transmitter on the tower began broadcasting the country's first television signals from a nearby studio. Today, more than a hundred antennas and satellite dishes adorn the tower's summit, extending its height by a full 24 meters and making it the tallest structure in Paris. Although it's no longer an active research site, the Eiffel Tower owes its existence to science. The vision of Gustave Eiffel and the brilliance of Gustave Ferrier made certain the tower's survival, and both men would be happy to know that recent analysis suggests the tower will stand for at least another 200 to 300 years. I'm Gabe Luzier and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening.